You're listening to Hey guys, welcome back to First of All, a real unfiltered conversation on career, family, relationships, and all things modern culture. I'm your host, Minji Chang, and thanks so much for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're healthy and happy and centered and aligned um, and, and doing as best as humanly possible. I am very excited for this week's episode because I got to sit down with my friend, Michael Bo, Mike, as I call him. And Mike is an actor. He's a YouTube personality. He's a musician, a cosplayer, and just all around amazing man and human being. And for this week, I wanted to sit down with him. Actually, we sat down a couple weeks ago um, to talk about Asian masculinity. Now, this conversation has come up before as something that I'm continuously discussing and dissecting, uh, but I wanted to get Mike's perspective on it because Mike's career as an actor has kind of centered on a representation of the modern Asian man. And um, obviously, when you talk about things like gender identity, it can get very layered, and it is very layered. Um, it's complex. There's no one perspective that that colors everything, you know, that, that is the end all be all perspective. Um, and I just want to put more voices out there and more experiences so that we can better understand why we're at where we are now. (laughs) I don't know how else to better put it. Um, because there are a lot of layers to this and the Asian American identity in general, but specifically for men, you know, there's been so many different research studies and whatnot just about desirability and who performs the best in dating apps. And, you know, I think any one of those perspectives deserves much more deep dive analysis. Therefore, it was my privilege and my honor and just a fun conversation to have with Mike um, to hear about his experiences and his perspectives and how that has changed over time. So I hope that you'll listen to this episode and enjoy it with an open heart and with an open mind. Um... And again, if anybody has their thoughts or feelings that they want to share with me, you can always hit me up at firstofallpod at gmail.com or go to my Instagram for at firstofallpod. Um, happy to hear your perspectives. And I never assume that any of these conversations is perfect or, you know, the total perspective. This is just an ongoing discussion. So yeah, I'm excited to hear back from you. And uh, before we get into this episode, for this week, I did want to take a second because it has been a pretty heavy week for a lot of people all over the world and not miss an opportunity to acknowledge myself, the passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Gianna. Now, I'm not a huge basketball fan. I didn't grow up um, being stuck to the TV. I, I'm a proud Warriors fan because I represent the Bay. I love Steph Curry. But Kobe, uh, you know, is an icon and a hero for so many people outside of LA and anybody who's a Lakers fan, you know, even though I was kind of programmed to hate the Lakers and whatnot, there's some, there's something very different about, about Kobe, about his life, his legacy, and about who he was as a person far beyond his skill and his talent. Um, and I, I know that there's a lot of people grieving right now 
And my heart goes out to all the families of the nine people that were killed in the helicopter crash. Um, it's really just, it's really heartbreaking to me uh, that it happened even like not that far from where I live in LA um, to know that life is so precious. I mean, I already know that. And I think that on a regular basis, but it just, it felt so sudden and, and just way too soon. Maybe it'll take a really long time for anybody to make sense of any of this, but I just want to acknowledge like what a tragedy it was um, and send my heart out to anybody who is affected by it because icons and heroes, they are flesh and blood and they're human beings just like the rest of us. And though there are people who will criticize things that he did, his personality or his actions, um, I'm, I, I'm not uh, exempt from that. I acknowledge fully that this was a, a regular man with flaws. He was not an infallible hero. But to disregard the impact that he's made on a lot of people's lives, to inspire them and to educate them or give them a, another way to look at things in a real way that drove people to want to be better and to strive for excellence and to respect somebody who was flawed but worked really hard to deal with those flaws and to work on his marriage and to um, be a good father and to be the best athlete and teammate that he could possibly be to contribute, that's not lost on me. And I, I didn't need to be a Laker fan or even a Kobe fan to recognize that. That's something that I think transcended a lot um, beyond the sport and beyond geography. Um, and so, yeah, my heart is hurting very much so as much as uh, a lot of other you know, super fans out there sending you hugs and... Um, you know, I'm definitely in reflection mode in in light of all of this. And the heart, most heartbreaking thing is that he uh, that he went with his daughter. Oh, I'm going to start crying. This, but this isn't about the the crying part. It's just the love that he put into Gianna and to the other three girls that he loves so deeply. And as a man, as an icon, as an athlete where people would question him all the time about having sons and who would carry on his legacy. He was so proud to be a dad of girls, and he put so much time and energy investment into the WNBA and into his girls' uh, lives and their sports and just their interests and creating the Mamba Academy and really like coaching his daughter and believing in her, not just because he's her dad, but because he saw raw talent and he saw her drive and her ambition and her dreams. Like that is just, it's it's breathtaking to me. I didn't grow up with, uh, I grew up in a very double standard household, again, with my own Asian masculine father, right? Like um, there's a lot of things that are relevant to all of us, whether, again, whether we cared about the sport or not. So it, it breaks my heart that they're gone. And I've just, however energetically I can send this out into the world to send love to Vanessa Bryant, to Kobe's wife and to the rest of his girls. Like I cannot even fathom what that must be like and how to experience that kind of loss. But um, I'm putting that out into the airwaves. I'm sending love, I'm sending to the, sending love to the, again, to the families of all nine people who perished on that helicopter crash, including the pilot, like everybody is such a tragedy. And um, let it be a reminder that life is short and that our voices and our actions Again, for the 800 millionth time, if you're a fan of this podcast, it does matter. Your choices matter. Your voice matters. Um, 
your dreams matter. Your vision for things that could and would be better matter. Uh, and we, it, it is a detriment to the entire universe if you don't take action on that and, and value that and carry that forward. And so in light of that, you know, there is a part of me unexpectedly that's been really affected by this, by this death, by, um, this father and daughter bond that was so beautifully shining, you know, for the world to witness and be inspired by and the love that he had for his family and the love that they had for him as a father and a husband. I, I will not, um, I don't feel like that's something I'll take lightly. I never did take lightly, but even further, it's been reinforced into my life and into this podcast and everything that I want to make and put out into the world. Um, so yeah, maybe I'll, honestly, this is like part of my intro, but it'd be interesting to hear more, uh, thoughts from super fans or like have another episode. Cause I am listening a lot more. I'd already actually listened to motivational speeches by Kobe and I was always very intrigued by him again, even though I didn't care about the sport, but just his attitude towards life and his work ethic. I've been inspired by it quite a bit. He's one of, one of many people that has given me that fire. So, um, would love to hear more from people and reflect on what other people learn from him. I think that it's worth sharing. And so maybe there'll be a future episode to talk about what that Mamba mentality is. I think it would be a really interesting topic, um, and conversation and yeah, rest in peace, Kobe and rest in peace, Gianna and rest in peace to all the, the seven others who passed and, um, everybody be the best person that you can be. And together we're going to go to difficult, strange places in life. And I've definitely been going through it myself and, uh, I'm filled with hope and with gratitude. And also, um, before I end the intro, I want to thank everybody who reached out to me in light of, uh, my breakup with Kenji. I kind of didn't even remember what I shared in that podcast, but I re-listened to it. It was kind of this out-of-body experience, like, oh my gosh, I said all that. So it's a weird process, but I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude by all the care that people are sharing. Um, and it, that's honestly what gives me a lot of purpose and hope for the world in light of the fact that there is tragedy, there is evil, there is indifference, um, all which frighten me. But we can do this, okay? We got this. The worst thing that can happen is when good people do nothing. So this is, let this be fuel and a reminder, uh, whoever you are, go to those weird places, go to those dark places, survive them, come out with hope, learn something, grow, and then we'll keep moving forward. Okay. Um, so this was a longer intro than I expected, but I wanted to pay my respects and send love out, um, and set the, set the stage because all these conversations are meant for us to think in new ways and think deeper with more empathy and compassion and uh, purpose. So enjoy the episode. I love you, Mike. Thank you so much for being a guest. And I hope you enjoy this episode on Asian masculinity with Mike Bell. Enjoy. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Ooh, that Intro was so amazing. It wasn't it though. I'm a, so good. I'm a very good hype woman. You make it very easy. I've heard your intros. Oh God, a couple episodes. I'm very sorry. Uh, driving. So no, it makes <laughs> I 
I makes my it made my car ride that much more fun to Good. embark on. Well, you listen to the Andrew Chow one. Andrew Chow, hearing mm-hmm. all of his wisdom. Hi, Andrew. Yes. Shout out to Andrew. What's up? We got boba today. No. Oh, we should have. Oh, they're opening up a boba guys near my place. Are they? Yeah. Okay. Um, so you for can, the sequel of this podcast, yeah, we're gonna go to boba guys. We'll go there and record a live tasting slash. Hot takes reaction. Y- yes, yeah. Sweet takes. Is that sweet. What You're good at that. Mm-hmm. Very well done. Oh yeah. How um y- this is like the new year. You're the first podcast of 2020. <gasps> yeah. FYI. Of the decade. Of the decade. We are in a whole yes. new That was us high fiving. Stratosphere right now. So you're bringing the energy and I was just telling you I've had a little bit of a tough holiday season, but I'm like Happy to be in your presence and to like talk about this. So, okay, I just need to give a little backstory because I've been meaning to get Mike on this podcast for months now because I, I run into you all the time and I'm like, Mark, you need to be on my, you need to be on first of all. And I think every time you ask me, it's at a party where I'm not totally sober. <laughs> so, really? Because you're very con- convincing. Like, <laughs> so, uh, I was like, I, I, it was at the Wong Fu party. Yeah. I was like, Minji, okay, I'm putting it on my calendar right now. I appreciated that so much because honestly, also, we live in L.A. Not only the fact that we're both actors and like that whole thing, but being in L.A., it's like the flakiest of flake. I mean, I flaked on you. Or like we both did today and yesterday. Oh, Trying oh, to right. schedule it's, this. Oh, M- M- Minji's a busy woman. She had an audition. What was yeah. it for, by the way? It was for a commercial. I don't think I got it. Don't say it's that. It's fine, yeah. M- Minji, future Minji, <laughs> on set on that commercial. <laughs> You're killing it. I would have to fly um, <laughs> out to Texas, so if I get there, yeah. No, but yeah, that, it, we were literally living how LA, uh, like the f- the flake would happen. Like mm-hmm. it's like, oh, the audition line's long. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, you went on an audition yesterday. Oh, actually, oh, oh my god, I flaked. <laughs> I flaked. Oh my god, yeah, That's we it. had we were supposed to film this yesterday, and I had an audition. I was like, sorry, can we do it tomorrow? I think wow. if you have a valid reason, though, technically that doesn't qualify as a flake because you have to do something that is your career and your vocation i say that's a freebie if you're flaking just because like you woke up late you're hungover or you just don't feel like it you're that's flaking like i just um a bird flew by and i i missed my gas i don't know i didn't get gas that's flaking Mm. but you and i had valid reasons so high five on your audition yes i I like that let's go with that yeah yeah we were committed to our craft is what 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 it is i i I definitely we we broke the stereotype i i hope totally because we we made it we made it we did it within 24 hours of when we said it was gonna happen exactly and you pulled out your phone you put in the calendar i really appreciated that so we're starting off the year well with Standing by our commitments and following through is what I'm saying. Um, but Asian men, <laughs> Mike, Asian that's men. my segue. Um, I've been wanting to talk about Mike for a long time. And I talked about this in the intro a little bit. But as an actor, you know, Mike, you've done a lot of really great sketches and like pieces of comedic and like moving thespian work. Thank you. To, to be, you know a wonderful, charismatic, handsome Asian man in the universe. Oh, thank you so much. Which in I'm the universe, a, oh my gosh. Yeah. Because oh, that's all the alien Asian men too. That's ex- crazy. Including all the aliens. <laughs> I am so proud because this is something that uh, I st- I'm very much an advocate for. I've been very vocal about throughout my, my life. Um, and that personally, I feel like, I mean, I could talk about this for a really long time, but I want to make room for your thoughts. That's why I brought you here. Just to understand the Asian American male experience, because I feel like 
within our community, it's a very widely understood and discussed topic, but maybe not so much out in the regular world. Because mm. I, you know, it's not any better or worse than anybody, in my opinion. Everyone has their set of burdens and challenges and like advantages. Yeah. But I feel like it's a very interesting perspective and experience to be like an Asian man in modern day society in America. Yeah. And probably abroad too. I mean, like basically if you're like Asian and outside your motherland, it's like a really unique experience. For sure. Yeah. Because I'm thinking of, I don't know why, but I was thinking of like Australia right now, (laughs) which you've been to. Yeah. I went to Australia for the first time this year. Yeah. Last year. Oh my God. 2019. The the last decade. Yeah. yeah. Wait, well, I'm actually curious when you, when you're bringing up Australia, what do you mean by that? For some reason, I don't know why it popped into my head, but I feel like Australia has been like, in terms of like, we have Asian America yeah. and then we have Asian Australia. And I feel like there there's something that bonds us because there's Asian people all over everywhere else in the world. But they're, they're, maybe it's all because we speak English and like oh, I see. there's a lot of similarities and like cultural experiences. Yeah. There's quite a few listeners of this podcast. Like I've got I've been reached out to from Australia, Asian Australian person. Oh my God. And it was like really cool to see that and hear that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of parallels. So I don't know why that just popped into my head. And then I realized like, oh, you just went there. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll talk about that. I want to hear about. It. So yeah. So tell me, I guess I what would be the best way to like dive into this conversation. Do you, you, how about we start with the haikus with hotties? <laughs> yes. That was another thing that popped. You want to yeah. share what that was? Yes. Um, haikus with hotties was, or is, do they do one this year? Probably will, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a calendar that celebrates Asian, att- attractive Asian men. Mm-hmm. So I was in it in 2017, I believe. That was already 2017? I think so, yeah. Wow, 2017 okay. with, what was it, 2016? Shoot. Have you been in multiple? Have you only been in one? Uh, of the haikus with hotties, yeah. Okay, I also it. did the Asian Bachelorette one. There you go. Cal- yeah, calendar. that's the other one I'm yeah. thinking about. Um, but, uh, yeah, Mike's it, a veteran calendar man is what I'm saying. I have just so many calendars. It's yeah, crazy. It's, it can't keep track. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I did the haikus with hotties with Dan Matthews because mm-hmm. we were hosting a lot of ISA TV videos. Yes. And um, we our shot, our shot was uh, on a car where I'm shirtless with holding like a hamburger and yeah, Dan Matthews is, ho- is holding a hamburger too, but he's wearing him like a muscle suit. Very. Yeah. So <laughs> quite my, an image, my partner in crime. And we both went to Australia. We both went to Australia and Wes went to Australia. So, so everything comes first full circle. Yeah. But actually, hi- well, the, the reason why I, I asked if you brought up Australia, uh-huh. why you brought up Australia with Asian men was because when I went there, I didn't, think that Australia had a big Asian community first because uh, based on representation, I was expecting just like Hemsworths everywhere. Okay. Like blonde white guys. Which there are a lot of, yeah. Which there are a lot of. But in Australia, so many Asians. And uh, I could totally see why they'd be re- relating to Asian Americans because it's yeah English-speaking country and they uh, – A lot the of blonde white guys. <laughs> a lot of blonde white guys. But they um, – uh, watch the, like a lot of the shows that we watch mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the movies that we watch. Yeah. A lot of the movies we watch, but I gather that there, the representation situation is even worse, which is why a lot of the Asian Australian actors are coming to America because there's not a lot, not a lot of opportunity in Australia. Right. And because there's not a lot of representation that yields to a lot of stereotyping, right. which is why, yeah, they're coming here to break those stereotypes and get more roles that break those stereotypes and ultimately make people, 
realize that Asian men and Asians are attractive and, you know, relatable and everything. Everything. Yeah. We are, we are, we are people with thoughts and feelings and charisma and sex appeal, yeah. just like the rest of them. And it's a very interesting, well, I, I may have, I may have jumped forward a little bit too much because the hikers with hotties, yes. um, I, I just the first thing I didn't even realize it was the hamburger one. It was that was a great shot. Yeah. Um, but the haikus with hotties that calendar was created by my friend Ada Sang, mm-hmm. and it was specifically because Ada um, is a really amazing writer. She's a journalist, so she's been very much in the Asian American uh, representation in film and media sphere for a long time, um, and she was really passionate about giving praise and celebration for all the sexy Asian men because she knows as well as many of us in the community know um, that there's not a lot of like mainstream celebration of that because there are these like really terrible stereotypes that she's seen so much in a lot of the films that she's watched and it can kind of become this negative self-fulfilling prophecy like when you don't see yourself in a certain light you kind of you keep going with that because you just you it's like a weird cycle like people project that on you you believe it and then it's just it becomes this vicious cycle so she's like we're gonna change that we're gonna put some like poetry and we're gonna put some hot men and we're gonna celebrate the shit out of it and so she made this um calendar it was like crowdfunded and crowdsourced it was just so great and now it's a thing. And so every year we get, a you know, another dozen <laughs> gorgeous Asian-American men. And then Mike happened to be in, you don't know, 2016 or 2017. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was 2017. Do you know which month? What Ooh. month? You're Mr. <laughs> oh, July. <gasps> my month. Your, your month, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, yeah, it was July because my my um, some trunks that I was wearing were American flags, some trunks. <laughs> That's why it was July. Yeah. Yes. Now everyone's going to go Google. Oh, and that's why we're eating Google burgers it. too because July 4th weekend. Yeah. Very yeah, yeah. cute. Right. So I love it. Okay. So and, and leading up to that, why you were selected and the work that you've done, I want to know, can you like give us the, the context of your background, like how you got to being here in LA? Because I was learning that about you over the years that you're not even from Hollywood. This is not your hometown or anything like that. You're from New York. Yeah. I'm from Queens, New York. You're from Queens, New York. Peter Parker is from. Okay. So yeah. basically you're basically I'm Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the Asian American Spider-Man. Yeah. So can you give us like how you ended up in this, uh, this uh, calendar? I think that's a good place to go next. Oh, how, what, how did I end up in the calendar? Well, because um, you're like an influential actor, but how did you become that actor? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, so I had been acting since college in New York and um, outside of school. So I went to film school in NYU and then I was doing acting uh, in the city by night. So film school by day, acting by night. And uh, um do you want, did you want the story of how I got into acting? I would love that? to know. Yeah. Like oh. what, what drove you? Like, I think that's everyone's origin story is really different yeah. because it was like, Oh, did you watch like Titanic? And you're like, Oh my God, like I have to be Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. I don't know. Like everyone's origin story. I'm so curious. Well, uh, yeah. Um, well, first off the big thing that we're, we're talking about is representation. So I wish one of my, uh, the role model was, you know, an Asian actor. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, but, um, but it was something just as magical as Asian actors. Yes. Harry Potter. Oh, so, really? Yeah, Harry Potter. Was Harry Potter is why you became an actor? Yeah. I did not know this about yes. you. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Which is very ironic because my fear is witches. Um, but. 
Um, so basically, um, I love the books, Harry Potter. Are you a Harry Potter fan? I didn't read the books, but I watched the movies. They were you really read fun. the books? I'm, I'm a little, I'm like on the cusp of being too old. It was a little bit... But My mom I will, loves the books. I know. So there is, there's the limit does not exist. I I agree. Yeah. So I I I have the intention to read the books. People are like the books are super fun, and I actually don't think I watched every single Harry Potter movie. Okay. So everyone's like, go read the books. Yeah. Even if you did watch the movies, the yeah. books have so much. All the deleted scenes in the head. Okay. You can audiobook it while you drive. That's okay. Great. But anyway, so um, uh, it's what taught me to love to read. The movies came out. They were magical. And then um, I remember my mom. Uh, watching like the talk show, like the Rosie O'Donnell talk shows of the the, the kids talking about how they auditioned and got in. Mm-hmm. And at the time, actors might as well have been an alien race to me because I was a kid. I didn't think about it. Like Brad Pitt was Brad Pitt. Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. Living they in a different planet. Yeah. They weren't normal people like you and me to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I saw these kids who are my age talking about how they um, auditioned, um, I that was the first time I was a kid. I was like, wait, this is a job? Like to cause this much magic around the world, and yeah. I'm a huge. I, I was and am a huge nerd and love fantasy and everything, mm-hmm. um, superheroes. So I asked my mom. I was like, "Mom, I want to do that. How do I do that? How do I get like an agent or something?" Uh-huh. And um, she was at the time. We only had one actor friend who was my sister's best friend, beautiful blonde-eyed. Uh, wait, blonde-eyed, <laughs> beautiful blue-eyed, yeah, uh, blonde girl. And my mom was like. Uh, you know, she tries it and it's even hard for her. Uh-huh. And you see people like her on TV all the time. Uh-huh. Do you see anyone that looks like you on TV? She said that to she you. She said to me. Wow. I was, I was, I was, yeah, I wasn't even a teenager yet. I was a kid. Um, so, but back then, I don't know if it was a mixture of determination or stubbornness. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I want to try it anyway. You know? I love it. Good. Yeah. So then that's what started. I was like, so she was like, okay, well, well, you have to prove yourself. You just say you want it. Um, so, you know, you have not, you you have an audition for anything or you have to prove it, prove it to me. Uh-huh. Um, uh, the problem was at the time I was like the most like introverted shy kid ever. Aww. Like I'd be the type of kid who would bury my head on my mom's lap whenever like we're at parties and she's like, no, say hi to Aunt, whatever. I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to. Luckily, my very first audition was for a claustrophobic guy trapped in an elevator. So it was great. It was like method You're like, acting. I can get in there. You're like, I can yeah. do this character. And then I auditioned for that play, and then it was like so nerve-wracking, and like I couldn't even feel my legs by the time I got off the stage. <laughs> but um, I didn't get that role, but I got a small role. Uh-huh. And then I kept, I tried again the next year after that and I got bigger and bigger roles. And then I ended up being you. like the leads of the school plays and all the drama oh, classes. Oh, you did school theater. Yeah, because it's all in the school time. So I was like yeah. trying all that. And then Good. I gave, I had success. So I really got caught up in that. That was my world. And then by the end of it, by the time I was 18, I was like, oh, mom, I proved myself. Can I, can you help me get an agent? And uh-huh. then she was like, oh, you're right. You did prove yourself. I have no idea how to get an agent. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I was stalling, yeah. and you 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 called my bluff. Damn it! Exactly. That's awesome. Wait, is your because you're half Korean? Right, I'm half Korean, half, half Chinese. Chinese. Which parent is the Korean one? Uh, can you tell? Sometimes people can tell. I I'm seeing your parents because of your Instagram, but I can't, oh, you can't? recall. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, my mom's a Korean one. Your mom's a Korean, mom's one. A Korean one. Yeah. So if she was supportive, she's the one who. Well, like she entertained the idea. Right. Or was she like really just trying to stall you and get you off course and she, be like, go be a doctor? No, well, she always jokes like uh, uh, about like, oh, why doesn't he just become a pharmacist type thing? But it's interesting because I'm like third generation Asian American. Mm-hmm. So my parents, they were born here. Uh-huh. Um, 
because I know the stereotype is Asian parents don't want you to go in the arts, right? And mm-hmm. they they want you to go into the, the you know the the reliable fields. Yeah. But mainly because they don't understand the arts. Yeah. My parents came from a different perspective. They grew up here. They know friends who went into the arts. My mom herself um, went to school for art. I so love like, it. So it was, yeah, yeah. So it's like in the, it's in the blood. Oh, it's totally. But at the same time, they had like legit facts like, Michael, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like we know what goes on. So it's like backed up, you know. It's not we, just we, theoretical, theoretical tiger parenting. Right. It was like actual. This is data driven. Data driven. <laughs> um, but I was, uh, I, I convinced them because I was like, I'd always been, had good grades growing up and, and, and everything I set my mind to, I kind of achieved. I was a boy scout, did everything right. So by the time in college, when I put all the eggs in that basket, cause I was going to NYU, mm-hmm. I was like, if I was going to do it anywhere, it would be here. Yeah. They were like, you know what? She has kind of done everything by the books and proven that, um, you know, he puts the work in yeah, good. and yields results. So we'll support him. And they've been totally supportive for sure since then. That's amazing. Yeah. I still, I, I'm an advocate. Like my dad was really against it and like the acting in Hollywood stuff. And then my mom was mildly supportive. But then when I said I want to be an actor, she like ripped me a new one. Mm-hmm. Partially, I mean, there's value in either direction. Like if you have support, appreciate that. Yeah. But I, maybe I am the kind of person we'll never know because I don't know otherwise, like to have resistance was like a good challenge for me to prove it, that I really wanted it. Yeah. That's, that's a big fuel for Mm -hmm. sure. The, 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 the doubters. Yeah. I was like, oh, you said no, that's cute. Yeah. (laughs) We'll see about that. And I had to be strategic. And I, in that aspect, like everyone else was always so supportive and I'm Mm. very grateful because that gave me like more confidence or like hope. Yeah. But to have my dad be like the ultimate naysayer, like just watch me <laughs> for sure i think I, I heard matt damon on a podcast say that um something he does when people ask him like how to pursue acting he yeah. actively like persuades um t- dissuades them from doing it yeah because the he says the people that are actually convinced by the by by, by him you know saying don't do it yeah they're not gonna make it exactly but the ones that are like i'm not gonna listen to you i'm gonna do it anyway they're the ones that'll make it 100 so there's yeah that's my long story like i've said it before but pk the collab founder he told me not to go into acting. I asked him, and I thought he'd be the first person to like be like, "Yeah, Minji, go be an actor, chase your dreams." He made collaboration. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, "Minji, don't do it. It's hard." And I was like, "Excuse me." Was was he trying to reverse psychology? I don't think he was reverse. He was that? he was really being like a good big brother figure because mm. I was in college at the time, and he was just like. I think he thought that I was going to drop out of school or something. So oh. he was like, "Oh, so there are multiple factors going yeah, on." Yeah, he's <laughs> like, "Do not drop." your four-year degree like do yeah. not he's like it's hard you better think about it and he told me like go get a job go have like you know a 401k go have vacation mm-hmm. days if you want it after you've had that maybe maybe you want it yeah and i was like oh so i was just like completely blown away that was not an expected um answer yeah. i thought he was like yeah what do you need help with and i was like oh no i well, have to for sure it. yeah that's gotta be so interesting i don't think i've ever had Something like that. Um, and you're still doing great. There's so many yeah. different, like, I love that. That's why I love sharing these stories. And this, I think, is very universal outside of just, like, the acting world. Like, acting is our world, and it's a very unique. Everyone's, like, curious about it. But I think it's very relatable to anything else that you do. Like, you're going to have people who say no, who are really on board with something and really that, like, doubtful or maybe, like, questioning it. 
And you yourself have to figure that out. Like you're literally the only person who can answer the question, should I or should I not do this? Could I or could I not do this? Like, well, up to you. Yeah. So it actually, (laughs) um, and yeah, in in retrospect, it's, you learn so much about life from being an actor Mm -hmm. about how to deal with that rejection. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, Things where like I felt my like friends and siblings about 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 yeah hearing just hearing no or that rejection how to like overcome it and how to kind of like you said funnel doubt into something that is usable actionable for yourself and then and empowering yeah yeah um, it's very mentally taxing yeah but uh, I like that for no yeah because like I guess normal people have a handful of interviews in their life mm-hmm. luckily right mm-hmm. like if they change careers and whatnot we're interviewing as our job that is our day. job you know yeah like you're, if you're lucky you get what five percent of the auditions that that's you're going a good on. rate that's right? a good rate yeah, yeah they're like if you have five percent success rate consider yourself quite lucky and yeah. so it's it's just definitely definitely a different way to view things and and it's very I'm very curious to now that I remember you told me that a while back that your parents were that you're third and so they're second gen mm. so it's it is even like your experience being an Asian American guy like growing up in like Queens New York which is so dope you're from where Aquafina is from and I love it uh, and, and she's also half Korean half Chinese she's also half Korean half Chinese and my grandfather had a restaurant um, when her grandfather had a restaurant, so like their families back then like knew each other apparently. Shut up. Yeah, because when she started blowing up, my aunts were like, "Oh, you know the Lums <laughs> restaurant? Like, yeah, like with the Bose restaurant." Like, That's I was, I was so like, like, "Oh, I didn't know that." So I haven't met her yet. So two but. stars in the making, both half Korean, half Chinese, from Queens, New York. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. The the universe is parallel. This is where superheroes like you guys are going to cross paths in a film one day. Yeah, I I can't wait for Nora from Queens to come out. Yes, I'm yeah. really excited. I wonder if they're going to actually make her half Chinese, half Korean in it and talk about that at all, you know? Maybe. I think that's a really, really interesting narrative. Yeah. Like, like different. Yeah. Christmas Eve, dim sum, Christmas Day, bulgogi. Is that your <laughs> you <know>? life? <laughs> that, well, that was my Thanksgivings. Oh, for okay. Sure. Yeah. Thanksgivings. Uh, first dinner was was bulgogi in Turkey. Uh-huh. And then second dinner was the uh, Chinese side. Do you speak the, languages? No. Neither? I wish I did. Yeah. I think you could learn. You're very, I mean, you're a quick guy. I feel like you could, Korean is... I think Korean's way easier than Chinese. I've learn. heard that because yeah. it's like a newer language. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, it's consonants and vowels. It's literally like if you know what sound the shape makes, you can read Korean. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, very, very basic. I got Duolingo. I'm starting to learn Mandarin right now because I hear that's like. So you went harder. Went. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Good. Okay. But that, that says a lot about you. You're like, I'm going for it. I'm going all in. Go to the hard stuff. Yeah. I have a lot of Korean friends, though, who want me to, like, go to Korea so badly. I've never been. Uh-huh. Have you been? Yeah. Okay. I've been, like, a handful of times. I hear it's, like, so fun. It is really, really fun. I've gone at different stages in my life, so I feel like every time I went was a really different experience. Because when you go as a kid, you're, like, following your parents everywhere and going to cultural sites and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then when you're older and you're an adult, you can stay out till sunrise and, like, do whatever you That's want. That's what I hear. Yeah, it sounds crazy. I actually wanted to go out in Korea to a club, and we ended up just walking around eating, drinking, and talking about life until sunrise. And it was just, like, one of the best. I was there with a, a few of my friends. Ran into a random friend from the Bay Area in Seoul, and we just, it was like it's crazy. This like, sounds like a um, a Korean um, before sunset or oh, after yeah. sunset. You know that movie? Yeah. yeah, totally. 
except more. It was very melodramatic, and there were tears and stuff. I was like, I just care about you and appreciate your friendship. Um, <laughs> You're the best, man. You're my favorite you, you, friend. You ever. helped me through such hard times. Um, those are stories I want to tell. Those are like、mm. movies and shows I want to make, and that's why I'm like really curious about the Asian American narrative. Even though you know, for me personally, I've been talking about it in this world for the last decade straight.、Mm. So there are times where I do get a little like, Are we still talking about this? And I think that's part of me taking it for granted. I mean, I'm like up to my eyeballs with the Asian American narrative, but、yeah. I realize like when I go outside of our bubble, it's a very under discussed thing. Absolutely. I was going to say, if you ever need、uh, motivation,、yeah. like go to a. Go to another state, yeah, <laughs> and be like, "Oh yeah, we need to we need to represent the Asians." <laughs> yeah, and they get really fired up, and, and it's kind of like this this energy that they give me because they appreciate it in a way that we're kind of like, it's it's not old news, but like we we live it and breathe it. It's around、yeah. us all the time. We're very spoiled in that way.、Yeah. Um, I remember doing a movie in Louisiana, and I was actively proving stereotypes wrong because they and they don't know they they didn't know any better. They were like, "Oh yeah, you're." Like you're you're like this, right? Like kind of like because that's what we've seen well, from the yeah, one character sure on that, TV. What did they say? You're like what? What was that? You're like well, different like, things. Like um, uh, uh, oh, like like subtle math things. Got it. You know, like they were kind of like because they were nice too. They weren't like trying to be like mean to me. They were just like, oh yeah, like so when grades came up, like you must have got good grades, right? <laughs> I remember actually a big one was. Because、um, I had a girlfriend at the time,、mm-hmm. and I mentioned my girlfriend, and she was back home.、Uh, and then when a, a picture of her finally came out on my phone, they were like, "Oh, because she was white,、uh-huh. is white." So they were, you, you saw like they were actively just like assuming like, "Oh, she must have been Asian," you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like really like taken aback. What? What? You know? There's such subtle things like that that I think. Like it, this is a very specific generation. Though you are third generation,、yeah. I'm second.、Um, it's a there. I'm learning about the in my writing. The research I'm doing is that there was this really huge, huge wave of Asian immigrants in the 80s. So from 1980 to 1988, there's a huge, huge surge of. There's like a very lenient, relaxed. Immigration policy at the time, they wanted skilled workers because、oh, there, there was a lot of development happening in Asia, not enough jobs. So they're like, let's go to the land of the free and like get jobs because we're smart, we're skilled, and like great opportunities in America. That, that was the eighties.、Mm-hmm. Oh, all our friends' parents. Yeah,、oh, all yeah. my parents. Oh, your parents. Friends, yeah, yeah. Like, there we go. Parents, a like, whole circle. Yeah. It was just floods of people. So it actually like the increase was like during that period of time. I think the Asian population in the states. Uh, rose like seventy two percent, like、wow. a buttload. I wonder what messenger was going to all the Asian countries. I mean, For like, real, come to America right now! Come、guys. on, man! Come, like, go. it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, it's popping over there. So it's like it's a very specific generation,、yeah. like of people that grew up, and I think inter- interestingly with like technology, like the influence, like and only the influence of media kept getting stronger and stronger because、mm. TV was introduced in the fifties. Like it's been getting very like. Anthropological, but it's like you're you're the culture is shifting so much. You have a huge wave of like these foreigners coming in. You have this like it's post World War II. Everyone's like dealing with the Vietnam War. Now we're in the seventies. Now we're in the eighties, and like Bill Clinton and all this stuff in the nineties. And like people are still just trying to figure out what does it mean to be American. All these immigrant children with these parents who don't speak the language are like trying to assimilate and each eat their lunchables and like you know just be cool、yeah. where they're Nautica and the Polo.、Um, oh, lunchables! That was like my generation, and it's just it's a really unique experience. But then there's like 
kids like you, like, regardless, even if you didn't have immigrant parents, like, still growing up in that era, I still feel like by just being in that chunk of that swath of people, just having your face, being an Asian guy, you're still going to fall in that category. And externally, like you're saying, experience a lot of similar experiences, maybe not from your parents, per se, because they grew up here, but from the outside world. Yeah, for sure. Um, Did you see the short that I co-directed and co-wrote with Taylor from Wong Fu? um, Which one? In in between. I think so. It was about the Asian guy who feels super Asian with his white friends, but feels Mm -hmm. white with his Asian friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't finish it because okay. I got distracted because I'm a bumblebee and I'm like, what? There's a flower. Oh, yeah. all good, all good. Yeah. But I'll finish it. Yeah, it, it's there. I didn't it's, know you co-wrote it though. Yeah, because um, Taylor's like fourth gen Asian, so we had very similar. Taylor's experiences. fourth. Yeah, his family's been here for a while. Wow. I actually went to his uh, his a Christmas. Um, it could be called the Chan Clan, oh. um, and it's like a reunion. We're like, I think like a hundred family members it was it was a lot it was like they rented a whole um a gym uh, yeah that's dope um and like his grandparents are coming over and talking like hey how's it going you know like and then like and like like the grandmother came over like oh is he bothering you like very american american because they were born in america yeah grandparents yeah yeah that's weird i'm like i have to I have to learn all sorts of Korean to communicate with my grandma. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But, but, um, so, uh, because we had those similar experiences, um, we were, I think we were, had to confront with our Asian-ness in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. We were raised for lack, for, for pretty American, right? Like yeah. we, so we didn't see ourselves so different growing up. We watched the same shows. We watched the Disney channel. We were used to, we saw ourselves as ourselves as, in Boy Meets World, you know, mm-hmm. we thought we thought that was us. Mm-hmm. And then you see, you know, more first gen Asians bringing Asian food to like cafeterias and everything. But meanwhile, we brought Lunchables. Right. We, we brought, I guess, the white food, quote unquote. Uh, I brought kimchi a couple times. You, so you had that, right? Yeah. See, that, that's thing. I, I love I love Asian food. I didn't grow up with it. My parents, again, they didn't make it, uh-huh. but I, I I love it. Um, but yeah, you saw like. Those kids' foods getting, you know, teased at for, you know, we've heard those stereotypes are like, what's that smell and everything? Yeah. Um, Truth be told, kimchi is hella stinky, but it's amazing <laughs> and it's the food of the gods. So anyway. It, no, yeah. You, 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 it's amazing. It's, yeah. I love it. I'm, but it smells. At this Let's point, be real. I, yeah. Like, yeah the, the key term of it is fermented, right? There we go. Yeah. It's <laughs> but fermented. I love it. It's so good. Spiciness. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see the, you see those differences. Um from the Asians, like, oh, I'm bringing, like, I guess, like, a normal sandwich. But, like, I guess the, the other, I guess, non-Asian students all see you as just blanket Asian. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, my God. No, like, we're not, like, all, like, the same type of Asian. So that that's a very specific um, uh, way we were confronted with our Asian-ness growing right, up, you know? Right, right. And it's very Like, they subtle. would lump us in certain stereotypes. We're like, no, we didn't. It's, it's cool that, you know... The, they ate kimchi every day, but like mm-hmm. we didn't eat kimchi every day. So I'm, and know. I didn't even eat. Yeah. I made a big fuss with my mom to like be able to buy hot lunch so that, well, A, I did feel bad. She was working mom, the so I didn't want it, that getting the hot lunch yeah. was, you know, a thing. And, and who knows at the time you're just a kid. And honestly, the most important thing in my opinion is just fitting in, like being normal and being yeah. like everybody else. And, you learn later and like my thing is like being other is great. I love being unique. I love being something that's not just normal. And if I am normal, that's fine too. But that's something that you mature into. I think like being different. 
But as Absolutely. a youngster, you just really want to blend in and be like everybody else and wear the same clothes and be cool. Um, and it's just interesting that it's not all malicious, but it, it definitely there's like levels of ignorance based on where you live. Like mm-hmm. and what's on TV and like what's on the radio, like you just don't have access to other cultures, which is why you and I are in a place where like representation really matters because you don't know who is watching what or listening to what and what that's ingraining in their mind. Right. And yeah, like you hit, you hit the nail on the head with uh, fitting in because it's the social aspects of the Asian-ness that really affect us. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, the representation that we had growing up socially, like the, the Asian characters were socially not the cool characters. No, right? they were not. So you were kind of like, Oh, I don't identify with that, and like I don't want to be seen as not cool. So right. what should I do? You know, right. at the same time, like you're telling me to like. So it's very you can see it's very enticing for some people to like push away their Asianness sometimes. Too. Oh yeah. Um. So which is heartbreaking, right? There's a lot of like self hatred, or like not self. It is part of yourself, but they hate that part. Like yeah. they're like, I want nothing to do with that part of my identity, right? Because it caused them so much trouble. Yeah. It caused them so much pain. Right. Because it's so easy to just be like, oh, yeah, I don't eat that sneaky food, you know? Yeah. Versus yeah. standing up as a 10-year-old in the middle of the cafeteria, like, why are you teasing him? You know? Like, what what kid has that much courage to do that? Right. But, yeah. Hopefully our, kids now be like, excuse you. Well, that's <laughs> – we're, we're making the right shows and right movies that are going to – be the role models exactly. and they're going to encourage these kids to do that. And they'll be like, dang, I want tofu. Like, uh, like my mom got ridiculed for eating seaweed at her, you know, and now it's like a tra- seaweed's bomb. It's at Trader Joe's now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, and it's a healthy snack. It's totally healthy and it's really good for your skin. Oh, uh, is it? Yeah. Seek help. Oh, wow. There's like, Face stuff that's made specifically from sea kelp. So just FYI, that also might be why we like we glow. No, I'm like saying like because you know <laughs> Asians have great skin. Maybe that's why. <laughs> you know, secrets. We're letting them all out on this podcast. Um, and I've also and here's my thing. Like I grew up in like a really diverse part of California, which is like the South Bay area, where there's tons of like Asian American kids. Like Silicon Valley was full. It was like I think again I just did research on that. I think. At one point in the 90s, it was like 25% Asian. Mm. So that's like one in four people. Yeah. Is it, that's a high. So I grew up as a child in a place that was very diverse, yeah. very heavily Asian. So I saw tons of like kids like me. Mm. But then I moved to like a really white neighborhood from middle school, which is like probably the worst time to like transition, transition yeah. your kid out of like their comfort zone. But it was important. And like those identity crises is like really unique. And for me, I have two brothers. So like. I definitely just grew up watching and like paying attention, obviously, what I'm going through. And I was also boy crazy, so I was always paying attention to what like guys are going through uh-huh. and what my brother was dealing with. And I, there's definitely a huge difference, you know. Like me as an Asian female is in certain ways like there's Asian female privilege, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like we have a whole slew of other crap that we have to deal with, like being scared yeah. for our lives and getting raped and like all this, you know, being fetishized and like being demeaned and all this stuff yeah be that as it may there's a privilege i think like i personally own because i think there's not the same type of ridicule that i've had to endure mm-hmm. that like asian men have mm-hmm. and that's something that i've internalized over the years and like been really angry about because i care about my brothers my dads like yeah. my boyfriends 
like these are friends and my cousins like they're my people just because i'm not an asian guy yeah felt very like defensive yeah and did you notice that growing up did you see any sort of like were you aware of that or is this something you just like experienced and thought of later like now that you're thinking more identity stuff like yeah. how did you experience that um well first of all, our sibling situation is exactly the same oh. I, I have a sister and a brother okay so two boys and and yeah girl um shout out to the to the three kiddos with the two to one ratio it's fun. Yeah. I love having two brothers. Are you are you in the middle? I'm or? in the middle. Oh, same thing. Exactly. My sister's in the middle. Um, and my sister was for sure the most popular one and like the social the, uh, the social butterfly of everyone. Um, and uh, uh, like what, what was – like what's an example of the privilege that you think you received? I personally feel like as an Asian female – this is getting very meta, but this is like my general observation from the past that I don't feel like I had as much to prove in certain ways. Mm. I definitely had the whole overachiever thing going on. I was really like a big people pleaser and had to be like a good, you know, nice girl. Mm. So again, I had my own challenges, but in terms of like, I feel like I had to suppress some stuff, but I feel like Asian men, I've just, there's like this underlying feeling like you need to prove that you're you exist and that you're a man and Mm -hmm. that you know what i mean like because there is just like call it it's like totally there's this huge culture of emasculating asian men yeah i should have just said that at the top that's like really what a lot of this leads to you know that i think the the non-representation or like under-representation and the specific kinds of representation that did exist, which was the nerdy sidekick. I love data from the Goonies and from and Shorty, same guy, Shorty from Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, but it was always that version, right? Yeah. And it was the geeky sidekick. And like that, seeing that and that being like your only, you know, role model. Role model, even though you're not conscious of it. It messes with you. For sure. Especially if you're the Asian kid in the friend group. Exactly. Yeah. How did that experience go for you? So like, did you ever think of that or? No, yeah. So, um, it it is interesting, right? That the stereotype is almost the opposite for the girl, Asian girls and Asian guys, right? Mm -hmm. Where like the the guys are, are seen as like the non-attractive one. Um, but the girls like Asian girls are like the exotic attractive Mm -hmm. one, right? I didn't realize how. Uh, far it went, but pretty much like all of my non-Asian friends have been like, oh yeah, like Asian girls are attractive, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, wow. Like, Were the, you taking it's, a survey? It's so skewed. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we talk, you know, this, we always talk about stereotypes and everything because like uh, there was articles about dating apps and everything, how yeah, like, Asian sure. girls are the most, are the hot, you know, if you're an Asian girl, you're set with the dating apps. Like you get all the matches and on the male side, Asian guys are the lowest, mm-hmm. um, which is because of all this, uh, all, all this representation. Um, so in, yeah, I can see like in, in high school where everyone's all about wanting to fit in or, you know, hormones are raging, mm-hmm. right? Like they want to hang out where the cool people are hanging out. Who's at the party? Yeah. When it's the pretty Asian girl at the party, you know, like people probably want to go there, right? And then like uh, the, the... I don't know. I didn't go to parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and like uh, the cute guys are always like the Hollister models and like the Abercrombie guys. And like whenever was that – when, when was that ever the Asian guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I just yeah. – it, it would genuinely – my thing is that like I grew up – again, I was a boy crazy child. Um, and I liked many a boy in my day. Um, and I – 
I always was, my very first crush was half Japanese,、mm-hmm. half white. The second one was a white boy. Then I was like, I was really obsessed with Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone.、Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, and it was just like, when I look at my track record, yeah, I was definitely influenced by like Hollywood's. I thought Jonathan Taylor Thomas was like the best. He was so cute.、Um, And like Devin Saw. So a lot of like blonde haired, blue eyed guys. But like、mm. these are like little, t- you know, young movie stars, right? And they're like the, the TV stars and whatever, right? But like in regular life, like I liked boys from church, like my, all my boyfriends and stuff, starting when I'm 10 years old, my dear goodness. But like we're all like Korean, Chinese,、mm. like they're Asian guys. Yeah. So I definitely. What I'm saying is, I didn't discriminate. I was very like <laughs> equal opportunity.、Yeah. But I even skewed kind of Asian. So I never like thought that they lacked attractive Asian guys. But when you observe outwardly, you know, like I saw the rest of like my sisters not really acknowledge the same. If they were not Asian, I didn't think that they looked at like my, the guy I thought was cute and thought the same. Partially, I'll say this is like just me being honest, like 12 year old Minji.、Yeah. I kind of liked that because I was like, yeah, stay away. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like I stake my claim. Like, it's not a threat because y'all don't see, I see it. You don't need to see it. Like, that's, I think that's the premise of a, a shallow how, right?、And、is that, that it? Yeah. Probably. Because in his eyes, he's, she's like gorgeous, but everyone else, she's not. So he's like, That's the best. What do you mean? That would have been great. Then it's all mine. No, but, but it also, I mean, here's the thing that's like the, the crappy, like selfish, immature 12 year old me. So excuse me. But it also, like, having dated Asian men on my perspective, it's like I, I can feel like how much it chips away at someone's confidence because I think sexuality and like feeling desirable is really important just as a person, right?、Yeah. So do you, did you ever, like, so you had a, how old were you when you had like the white girlfriend? Uh, 20. I was in college. Yeah. How was it in high school then? Like when you go to dances and stuff, did you feel like, did you have a lot of confidence? Did you feel like all the things I'm projecting, like, oh, I have sense that they had something to prove? Did you ever feel that or like? Um, I, so. I was a, I was a late bloomer.、Uh-huh. So like 20 was, that, that was my first, like, the first time a girl liked me back. Okay. I was friend zone all in high school. Interesting. And the, yeah, the girls I was going after were tended to be non Asian.、Um, I don't know if I'm attributing it to that though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know if I was, I don't think I was like, oh, it's because I'm Asian. Yeah.、Um, yeah, it wasn't because of that. But、uh, what did you pin it to? Did you say, like, I'm just like shy or like I'm introverted? <laughs> I'm a thespian. I'm into my art. <laughs> This is the question for the ages. You're going to have to ask those girls, right? It's like, what, why, did, why didn't you like Mike? Like, I thought this, I had the same questions, Minji. I had the same questions. You're bringing up all this past trauma. I'm sorry. Why, why don't they like, like you? I don't know. My thing is like, they're insane. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right? Well, that, but this is what, this is like me like digging deep in people's psyches because I think what we believe in internalize ends up being what we put out in the world, right?、Yeah. So that's why I want there to be sexy Asian men. Role models because everyone can be sexy. Everyone has something to like offer. I really believe that. But、yeah. if you don't feel it and if you don't see it, it'll just lay dormant. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, I mean, that representation totally contributes to that. There's a reason why, you know, if people watch like a lot of people that watch like, you know, K dramas or like、uh, K pop. Yeah. They tend to be like, oh, okay. 
I, I kind of like Asian guys now, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- that, that totally affects things. Did um, you feel that wave? Like that, h- how did that experience like change? Like from, I guess, college to now, because I feel like that's the timeline, right? Of like when K-pop was making this huge influence into the global audience. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a trend in that where when I, you know, whenever, like meet, meeting people in like the K, the K-Con world or like the K-pop world, you, you know, they, you can, you, you can tell like they're, they're more receptive to that. You know, they're not like. You have quite a few fans. Like whenever I'm at with, like at those events, I've seen them like, oh my God, it's Mike. Can I get a picture with you? How does that feel? I mean, yeah, you- so there's a clear, there's a clear trend. It's like, it's like, oh, cool. You're into like, I, I'm f- in a weird way, like I'm fitting this look now where mm. growing up, I didn't like fit a look. There was no looks to fit because yeah. I didn't grow up with, with the stuff. So then now I'm like seeing, getting inducted into all this like K-pop world. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like there's like some, yeah, there's some, there, there's some looks that are, that I, I, I look like now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. Personally, I think, well, I think you as an Asian American guy, it is to me in my nuanced lens i think is very different than k-pop you are asian they're asian but there's they have a very different look about them where i think you have the very asian like all all asian american look about you which i feel is very different i've heard that my friend is described me as like asian archie from riverdale yeah yeah i see it yeah because like i yeah I grew up in America, right? Yeah, so I yeah. like wear my hair that way and like But did you uh, do you feel like you did you have like a struggle with confidence or like do you feel like I mean cuz you're a little bit younger than me so it's like there's a teensy bit of a tiny 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 generational difference and I think that those years can make a difference like when you're super vulnerable and tender and how I guess mean that collective generation might be at you yeah. can really affect like how you see yourself. Yeah. Did you did you ever like struggle with that that part of you like or did you feel awkward in any way? Like, and if I'm wrong, I'd love to hear it. Like, I'm, I'm just curious, like, what was going, has been your experience? Yeah, I'm, like, wondering now if, like, I've, like, suppressed it or something because, mm-hmm. like, or block, blocked it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that the Asian, the Asian upbringing, um, I'm realizing now, like, you know, like, like things like saving face mm-hmm. and being humble, like, you know, being humble, like, no, 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 yeah. no, like, try, not taking um, compliments. Yeah. I, I'm realizing is a very, like, Asian thing that I, I don't think I was, like, re- my, I don't even think my parents realized they were teaching me. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, I remember, um, you know, doing f- some funny voices in public, like, random spurts, like, of, like, impulses that my dad would be like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, like, you know. Uh, chill. Chill, yeah. Um or like, uh, don't do that in front of this person. You know, things like that. Uh, uh, that's totally an Asian thing. I think Phil even said, Phil from Wong Fu said, mm-hmm. "Saving face directly translates from a Chinese saying of saving face." And uh, it's funny. That's the opposite of the uh, of what makes a su- successful actor. Because mm-hmm. su- su- successful actors need to take risks on their impulses and be like, kind of like, screw it. I'm gonna make this choice even though it might seem crazy i'm gonna do it and that's where the magic happens that's where all those amazing improvised lines come out of yeah also with dating that confidence of like i'm gonna leap before i look yeah yeah if i look like a fool um so be it yeah that 
is almost like a very American thing, you know? It, what, it totally <laughs> you know? is. Like, it like totally I'm going to make yeah. a fool of myself and then, and that actually yields the most reward. Yeah. So it's that boldness. It's that boldness. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so you've been like, you've definitely, it seems like I'm gathering that you've learned to like lean into that for sure. And just like go with, even if you're not fully confident in the moment, just go, go with it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really learn, good results. Yeah. Cause you'll, you for sure will learn more by doing that mm-hmm. and say two things will happen. One, you'll succeed and then you'll get what you wanted mm-hmm. Two, you'll fail, but you'll learn why you failed. So yeah. you know how to do it better next time. We'll see. So not doing it. You'll just like. Be alone with your thoughts. One hundred percent, and that yeah. and that's that's a very safe place. Even though you might be miserable, it's safer because you don't have to confirm that you you were wrong, like right. potentially, right? Right. And I think that rejection is something that's super crippling for anybody. Like in general, people are scared of rejection. They're scared to get shut down. Mm. They're scared to get confirmation that they're not enough for quote unquote, right? Yeah. And so that's why I mean, like, it is a very American thing to be like, just go for it. Yeah. Even <laughs> things like, don't you dare. Like, yeah. Don't dishonor, like don't shame us. You even, know? even the basis of assimilation, right? Blend in, right? Don't 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 make yourself noticed. Yeah, like for being Asian, be in the background yeah. and and just stay safe and stay. You know, yeah. I think that's really like there's a lot of different nuances that's ingrained just from culturally, like that whole saving face. Don't don't make a scene. Don't stick out. That being very ingrained. Literally, in all yeah, don't make a scene. Yeah. Now we have to make scenes. <laughs> that's my job. <laughs> that's man. my job. That's my job. I'm making scenes. But it's also like when – I think it's a very interesting – like tsunami, I'm getting very metaphorical. But it's like a very interesting storm of like the cultural influence and then the external factors. Sometimes I wondered like straight up are like – there's that stereotype that like the Asian men or like Asian people are like smart and that they're like, you know, the model minority. So then because of jealousy or because of insecurity that there are people externally that want to shut that down. And that have, cause that's just insecurity beating up insecurity, right? You, that's how bullies operate. They will, yeah. they will find whatever seems to be your soft spot and just go in on it because they want you to stay down. Yeah. So there's part of me that I think there are people out there who are just ignorant. They don't have a lot of exposure, but I do think there are people like asshole white privileged guys that feel good when they put other people down, including smart, attractive Asian men. And I think that's like, I'm not saying all of America. I love, I'm proud to be an American in a lot of ways, but I see a lot of that broiness <laughs> for sure in our culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when I first started making YouTube videos, uh-huh. for sure. I mean, uh, l- luckily fans in general, yeah, 99% positive, yeah. but on the internet, you're going to get the, the trolls yeah, and then it would be those like very like racist stereotype stereotypical like comments like why are you with that asian guy or things like that mm. um how do you deal with that when you see that like i think because they were so general uh-huh and just like blanket stereotype yeah i was like oh well that's not me like so i know you're Bye. just doing that but for sure like where does that impulse come from where someone is like feeling the need to yeah like- try to Put them down, you know? They put energy into their fingers onto the keyboard and press send. Like, they, you know... But I think you might have just, in a way, solved it, too, or they're they're insecure. And they... Oh, yeah. They just want to make themselves feel better. Hurt people hurt people. Hurt people hurt people. Yeah, well, that's being very... But I also think there's... 
in the same vein, there's a lot of just people who are assholes. And so it, <laughs> I want to impact, like, this is the thing, like, I, I've been in a generation of guys that, like, I literally had a, a Thai, Taiwanese-American, I'm pretty sure he's Taiwanese, he's a friend, tall, handsome, Taiwanese-American friend, who asked me, this is like a couple years ago, we were in New York, and he asked me, we're just, like, grabbing lunch, he sits there, he's like, so, like, oh, it was when I was, like, dating around, like, on Tinder and Bumble and blah, blah, blah. He's like, are you dating white guys? And I was like, I'm dating all, like, different kinds of people. I've yeah. gone on dates and, like, met up and had different types of relationships with different kinds of guys. But, yeah, including white guys. Yeah. And um, he's like, oh, are you into white guys? And mm-hmm. he kind of fixated on that. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think there are a lot of handsome white guys. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, like, I've dissected that. And that's a whole other conversation about, yeah. like, how we idealize, like, white people that type of beauty Mm. to be like a standard Mm. is a thing but aside from that i i answered honestly i was like yeah i think white guys there are hot white guys i was like i also think there's hot asian guys and all my boyfriends have been asian but like that's just how that ball bounced yeah and then he just fixated on facts like that i'm into white guys and he's like well don't you think that's not helping us Um, he said that to my face and i was like what like i stopped mid noodle (laughs) and i was like what like it's not helping you. So then yeah. I was like, it turned into. Wait, sorry, this he's thing. from Taiwan. Or no, he's, he's American. He's American. He's Taiwanese American, and like really smart, very yeah. opinionated guy. But we ended up having this debate because I was mm. like, so what does that mean that I my job as an Asian American woman is to exclude myself to Asian men right. to make it better for you? Like, ah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I got kind of salty about that. Because, yeah, that that is very interesting. Because, because my relationship with my white girlfriend was um, on YouTube and it was mm-hmm. like public. That became a conversation, especially in the comments mm-hmm. and with other people. Because, yeah. uh, it, you know, it, it shouldn't be about race, but then it just is because there's not representation of, of a relationship like that. So mm-hmm. some people were kind of like probably on the side of this a Taiwanese guy who were like, yeah, man, like good for you. Like, I'm glad like this is happening, you know, like helping us out. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Helping right? us helping out. Helping us out. So, but like, so that's the flip side, right? It's like, oh, cool. Like a positive comment, but also it's about, it makes it about the race. It's which so it shouldn't weird. be. Yeah. You know, it's like, it should be just two people. Um, who are both attractive and wonderful. But yeah. I mean... Like and I, I agree with the the idea that we we are on the road to being more inclusive and more. But in the in the interim, we're still talking about race, right? Yeah. So and it ended up being like a heated debate because I got really defensive real quick and I was like, so I'm wronging you by being into white guys, not exclusively white guys, yeah. but the fact that I'm into them, I'm somehow damaging life for you. Right. So that we got like in this sparring thing. Um, I'm actually very like pleased that we had this conversation because it was very honest because he's just like he and there's like literally in Facebook groups, there's guys, there's groups where like I've been in Facebook groups that have thousands of members. Yeah. I won't say the title, but it's a commonly known one. It's not ACN if people are thinking that. It was an old one. But they literally were like, um, oh, this, this, uh, they would mock Asian women who dated white men. They would like Mm. harpoon them. Mm. And it was like, and historically it's been such a like distraught topic when, when people would see an Asian guy, I'm sorry, an Asian woman with a white guy. Mm. And they're still like, I know friends of mine that are like Asian girls and they've dated white guys and they've gotten crap from like their own families from, there's just like weird dynamic, right? Yeah. 
So it was weird because I was like, well, if you dated an, if you're an Asian guy and you dated a white girl, y'all act like that's a trophy. Like you act like you won like Kelly Kapowski from, you know, and like that suddenly validates you as a man. So what the hell is that about? So I got really like, this doesn't make, do you hear yourself? (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's a dangerous thing, right? Because it's treating them like a trophy, like you said. Mm -hmm. And it's almost, in a weird way, it's almost like when people are like, oh, you love with me or the idea of me. Exactly. Right? It's it's that, but like to the, the race degree, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Are you in love with me or my whiteness? Yeah. Or my Asianness or whatever. Because um, you feel like you earned something like unattainable. Right. I mean, I can totally hear the insecurity that, that your friend was, was, was speaking from because I'm sure he felt that he couldn't get in a relationship because of his Asianness. Yeah. And then what in the dynamic that we're talking about, Asian girl being like more, uh, I guess trophified but non Asians being like, okay, well, there should be some equilibrium, right? Yeah, that, that's yeah, totally yeah. understandable where we want to think that way. It was very logical. But, so I understood the yeah. argument, but then like I also was like, this is also terrible. Yeah, yeah. And, and the only way I think to help that out is to show more to, is to normalize it, just show more multi ethnic couples that exist. Like right. my Yeah, my dad has four sisters. Two of them are married to white guys and two of them are married to Asian guys. Like, yeah, yeah. like it's like, that's what happens. Love (laughs) love is love. Love is many splendid things. It's a very layered thing. And I think, you know, it's interesting where we're at now here in top of 2020 to be like having these conversations more openly. Like, I'm really glad that you and I can like sit here on a podcast and talk about it. Yeah. Because I felt like if I, I used to feel like if I was really openly honest about what I felt, I would get tons of crap thrown my way of like oh you're not you're not being supportive and I was just like I've talked to more like I've talked to every boyfriend of mine and like so many of my guy friends through so many different relationships and through that I've learned my Asian female privilege um but I also think that like again it's not to like discount the fact that the emasculation is very real I think that is terrible. Yeah. And I've openly been very angry about that, like in classrooms and in like public places. I've yeah. gotten pretty openly mad. But also I feel like even though it's not an Asian guy's fault, ultimately what comes into our world is our responsibility. Yeah. This is my 2020 intention. So like I want everybody to have like a good love life and good like self-confidence. It's not just about like dating and love and sex, which are all important things. But it's like it's how not you just s- about that. What do you mean, Minji? Well, this is not- I mean, oh. like by a hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all. That's all I'm about. I don't yeah. know what we're talking about. <laughs> I know. It's like all I talk about on this podcast. But it's about like truly kind of like seeing yourself and having self-confidence. You yeah. know what I mean? Because that bleeds into everything. Like it's not just like are you going to get laid or you're going to get a Tinder match, but how you show up in the world. Yeah. That's what I care about. Yeah. I've also complained about it. I was like, being around insecure Asian men has been my burden. Because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> this is the stuff I have to like talk to my friends. And I'm like, man, it's not because of that. It's because you don't know how to like, I don't know, like ask how a person's doing. Maybe you're not a good listener. It has nothing to do with the fact that you're not <laughs> that you're Asian. Yeah. It's insecurity in general. Yeah. Messes with the flow of everything. It's 100%. like, yeah, we need to help people be less insecure. And like, yeah. you know, everyone's, yeah. Make, uh, have everyone think more positive thoughts teach them how to think more positively yeah that self-love stuff goes a long way and everyone has their insecurities um and mike since you like honestly th- this is part one i'm gonna bring you back because we're right at oh hour. hell yeah oh we got sequels we, we, have, we have so much more to talk oh, let's about do a trilogy but yes let's <laughs>
And we'll do with the boba one, the sweet takes. Um, and I also, I mean, uh, oh, yes. Oh, with food? I, that's amazing. It'll be an ASMR mukbang. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that. Uh, uh, you're, you're glad you can say things without getting ridiculed. Mm-hmm. But also, it's I think it's fine to say things to potentially get "quote unquote" ridiculed because, like, we're, we're learning. Like that ridic- that that ridicule where someone might object to what you said, mm-hmm. we'll find out why they're objecting to it, mm-hmm. and we all learn from each other. You know, I think. Especially with like cancel culture, it, it, people are so like, "Oh, I don't want to say this because if you don't agree with me, you're just gonna not like me." It's like, yeah. no, well, say it and maybe so say say what you have to say so people can point out why they don't agree with that, and then that person will might learn something. Like, oh, I was not into like your friend might have been like, "Oh, I was not into you dating this type of guy because this happened to me." And like, oh. I didn't know that happened or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah. or, or no, that girl did that because I know why that girl did that because I was that girl. And this is why. And he's like, Oh, it, it wasn't about race at all. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do with that. And that's how we learn about ourselves. I completely agree. I think yeah. that's a very mature way to, to move forward. It can be really difficult. I'm, and it's not an excuse, but I, I myself have been on the very defensive side and like self-protective mode mm. of like not wanting to acknowledge the thing that hurts the most. It's like, you're talking about like, exposing oh, yeah. the most like vulnerable part like this is what makes me feel bad about myself like it's hard but i think on the flip side that's why it's really important to talk about it because if we can't address like what really makes us feel secure or like confident that's just going to follow us everywhere yeah. like all the time you know what i mean and like it can be really poisonous and I know this because I'm living it, um, <laughs> that just like, you know, like finding safe ways to address this this tough stuff and 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 dealing with some maybe like unpleasant conversations, whatever, being called out, fine. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm coming to a place, thank God, in my 30s to be like, oh, they don't agree with me. Okay. Before that destroyed me. Like, you don't like me? What can I do? <laughs> I don't like you, but you have to like me. <laughs> It's really bad. Should, should we make a new podcast called Unpleasant Conversations? I would That'd, love that. that. <laughs> what a title. <laughs> that would be excellent. Um, but to wrap up this first part one of 80, um, do you have words of affirmation or encouragement to – I have quite a few Asian guys who listen to this podcast and shout out to all my listeners. I love all of you. Yeah. Um, do you have words of like how you've become more of a confident person or someone just like owns who you are? As an Asian man, lean into that weirdness and what makes you those impulses. Like I, um, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. I always used to play it safe growing up. I, I, I like to say now I'm a recovering safe addict. Ah, you know? like. <laughs> And I, I've I've been going to like actually a bunch of colleges this past year. I've been invited to a bunch of Asian um, organizations to speak at colleges and. Um, I'm like self-reflecting on how much I changed from when I was in college and everything in high school. Yeah. And yeah, it's like less thinking twice about those moments of standing out Mm -hmm. because you're, uh, you're like, I guess I was positively reinforced by the good result of when I did make that risk. Yeah. And it was like, took a chance and the the joke was funny, you know, or, or, um, it revealed something about me an aspect about me that someone else was like, Oh yeah, I felt that same way. Mm -hmm. So I think 
personality, you know, w- wins overall. So yeah, I think authentic ways. personality is what you're saying. Like yes, not, yes, no, like yeah, being really you. Yeah, like, be be really you. Yeah, that's and that's like way easier said than done. So I I, I second that a lot. Mm-hmm. I think being very real and the risk also implies being vulnerable and like. You know, there's a way to like, I wish there's part of me in college that wanted to be Hitch. My best friend and I, we're like at UC Berkeley. Hitch, like the Will Will Smith. We're like, we're like, should we make a business where like we could invite, because a lot of our guy friends would ask for our opinions about like how to approach girls or whatever. Oh my God. So we literally like. I want to see that movie now. It would, I, it would have been so fun. I kind of regret that we didn't do it. But I think, you know, my word of advice is like, go with what's really you instead of trying to hide it. But there's a way to temper it and make sure, like, you're listening and they're not totally weirded out, like, that they're ready to accept it. But I, I still yes. 100% support what you're saying and, like, be really you and not the projected, like, what you think you ought to be version of you. Yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I feel like that definitely uh, – my, my advice was, like, don't let those stereotypes hold you back. Yes. Yeah. 100%. I love people who are quirky. Like, they're more interesting. Yeah. They're more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mike, for sharing your thoughts. I Thanks love you. Thanks for having you. me. Oh, this, my gosh. You're the th- best. This is, this is like, these are the conversations I think I'll be, like, really proud. Like, well, I'll be proud tomorrow and the rest of this year. But, like, when I'm, like, 80, I'll be like, we did that. Mike and I sat down at the top of 2020. We will be 80 having our having our sequel. Oh, yeah. Drinking like, Boba oh, still. Yeah. Yeah, this is, well, oh, our voices were so light and young and hip back then. So, so robust. Um, but where can people find you? Where can they follow you and see more of your work and watch all your shorts and all that stuff? Yeah. Um, everywhere I am Mike Bo Show. My name, Mike Bo, and then show. So Instagram. You see my puns on Instagram. I do. You're quite the guitarist um, too. I do some of that. That's so dope. I did not know that. Like when you started posting those guitar, I was so dope. Good job. Yeah, and apparently my Asian friends told me that's a very white thing to do. Electric guitar. <laughs> They're like, if you want to be Asian, do the acoustic guitar. That's a very white thing to do. I'm like, what? And my my dad played electric guitar when he was in high school. So very cool. I there. You know what? Um, we're breaking stereotypes left and right. Yeah. You know why? Because we're just being ourselves. We're all different versions of everything. So it's all good. Thank you for sharing that with the world. Yeah. Because it's highly entertaining and it's very, like, it's really fun. Um, So definitely check out Mike's stuff. And if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend. May our conversations go bring happiness and enlightenment to everyone possible. And if you have feedback, like, hit me up. Like, hit me up. Hit me up on... uh, (laughs) Like, hit me up. Like, hit me up. (laughs) Email me. God, I'm just, like, really rusty. This is me getting into 2020. Um, But hit me up at firstofallpod.com. Not dumb. I can't do my outro, Mike. Email me at firstofallpod at gmail.com. You can follow me at firstofallpod, or you can follow my personal account at Minjeezy. And uh, I want to say thank you to Aquafina for use of her song, Yellow Ranger, for the intro outro, and to Uzuhan um, for Uzu Trap. And thank you to Marvin Yui, my audio engineer and producer. And thank you to the Potluck Podcast Collective, which is a collective of Asian American podcasters and storytellers. I love all of you. I'm proud to be part of this crew of podcasting savages. We're just going to own 2020. Ooh. It's going to be great. Um, and yeah, keep an eye out for more episodes. I'm going to be taking it to the next level this year. That is the goal. That's right. I was, I'm at 
I'm at 90 something right now. I did not know I would get this far from episode one, but still here, still having good conversations, more conversations with Mike to come. So keep, uh, stay tuned. And if you want to continue to follow and subscribe, you can find me at Apple Podcasts. You can find me at Google Play, Stitcher, Radio Public, Spotify, and everywhere else that you find podcasts. And if you enjoy this, leave a five-star review. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Side note, is that potluck thing? Is it podluck? Potluck. Oh, it should be podluck. You're so like right. Podcasts. You're better at the puns. I'm sorry we didn't consult I'm with you. I'm here all week. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. Bye. Bye. Came in 88 with a dream of so bright eyed. They knew right away, sink or swim, there's no lifelines. Cutting their teeth on the move. Nobody's filling these shoes. Balling on a budget at the Golden Arch, super size number two. Cash. Way that the world ain't budging. Gotta make a power move. Deep in the darkest dungeons. I'm digging up my own rule. Hands on the plow. Keep my head down. Sweat on my brow. Don't make a sound. Pay my dues now. Hey, I'm Bill Yu, and you may know me from a blog called Angry Asian Man. And I'm Jeff Yang, author, journalist, and celebrity dad. We host a podcast called They Call Us Bruce, an unfiltered conversation about what's happening in Asian America. Each week or so, we host a discussion about some of the most vital and interesting topics in our pop culture and our community, bringing in guests who are shaping and informing this thing called Asian America from Hollywood to D.C. and beyond. Uh, we got media, entertainment, food, family, politics, representation, the good, the bad, the WTF of it all. So check us out wherever you get your podcasts or at theycallsbruce.com. Peace. Peace. Peace.